0: Welcome to The Growth Lab, a monthly podcast for ambitious go-getters, creative souls, and lifelong learners. I am your host, Maitane Zarate, and my purpose with the show is to exchange experiences, encourage positive change, and inspire healthy growth. If you're new around here, you might want to check out the archive and show notes at anchor.fm slash Lab. I hope you'll enjoy the shared path towards learning how to live more intentionally, improve ourselves, and get the fuel we need to get one step closer to our dreams and goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Growth Lab. If you're new to the show, welcome. Get yourself comfortable. Make sure you subscribe. My name is Maitane and I'm your podcast host. I'm so excited to have you here again and kick off season two. It feels like it's been a long, long time since the last time I got in front of a microphone, but I've really been craving to be back. I've been missing recording the podcast and talking to you and I've got lots of different topics that I want to explore this new season and that I can't wait to share with you. So for anyone who listened to the last recap episode of season one, I already mentioned that I was going on a little break and that's something I wanna talk about to you today in this episode. Basically taking breaks, learning how to rebalance our life and getting back on track. I wanna talk about some of the struggles involved here and maybe give some useful guidelines on how to navigate these things. Because sometimes it feels hard or even impossible to take proper breaks from our usual pace and dynamics of life, or we find it difficult to find that balance between slowing down and prioritizing rest and well-being with taking care of our responsibilities, being productive, and so on. It's like sometimes it feels hard to make these two things coexist in harmony. Especially now, like in our 20s, it feels like there's so many things that we want to do and experience and as if there wasn't enough time to do it all. And I'm not saying our lives should be constantly in balance. I don't think that's realistic at all. Life is full of tension, of challenges, and it's continuously shifting. But I do think that aiming for that balance and having a conscious intention to always return to that balance where productivity and growth are also combined with rest and pleasure is highly important to our well-being. Because whenever I go for a long period of time prioritizing more one than the other, I can definitely feel the drawbacks and consequences afterwards. And I guess you can probably relate to this too. So, If you also feel like sometimes your life gets a bit out of balance and you tend to tilt to one side of the scale more, like maybe you've been prioritizing pleasure way too much lately, like going out, drinking, not sleeping too much or sleeping way too much, Um, spending money, eating unhealthy, you know, like that type of unhealthy food that's really tasty food but doesn't nourish you. And so you end up compromising your health or stability or even your finances. So you might be in an imbalanced phase like that. Or contrarily, it could be that you're on the other side of the scale where you've put way too much focus in your responsibilities and being productive to the point where it feels like you might be compromising rest and pleasure and maybe even your health as well. You know, like you've forgotten how to do things just for fun, to wind down, to indulge in the little things that give you joy. And without realizing it, you end up slowly burning yourself out. So although it's normal and it's okay to go in and out from some short periods of imbalance, I think in the long term, it's really important to work on rebalancing our lives and keeping that sort of harmony between those two sides of the scale. So, if you can relate to any of these two scenarios and your life getting out of balance every now and then, I think this will be a good episode to listen to. Personally, I can definitely relate. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't be talking about this here. So, for the past two months, I've been taking a break from everything responsibility and productivity related, at least when it comes to the traditional or usual understanding of productivity which by the way, in my mind has been redefined quite a lot this summer, but we'll dive into that later. But I guess I would explain this recent break as me moving from one side of the scale to the other a little bit more, where I've definitely been prioritizing enjoyment and pleasure and fun and rest so much more than productivity or responsibilities. And don't get me wrong, I'm so deeply grateful for having had the chance to do that. It has definitely served me well these past two months of just enjoying life with not many responsibilities and also all the uninterrupted quality time with the people I love has been amazing and a summer that I don't think I will ever forget. But I've also realized that just focusing on one side of the scale, in this case, almost only prioritizing pleasure and enjoyment wouldn't work for me in the long term. Like, I wouldn't want to live in just one side of the scale forever, where I'm trading short-term pleasure for long-term happiness. And sometimes I think we confuse these two things. Like, Yeah, eating junk food and drinking alcohol and resting all day, watching movies and feeling no stress at all due to lack of responsibilities can make you feel super good and even free for some time. But in the end, I think it's going to catch up with you. It's going to take a toll on you if you don't manage to balance it with things that help your body feel good and healthy and energized or also with activities that fulfill you and give you a feeling of progress and help you with your character development and give you some sort of future projection. So I think that a healthy, balanced life is one that makes space for both of those two things, pleasure and discomfort for growth. And so coming back from this break, I knew that I now wanted to focus on rebalancing my life again and getting back on track. Not just because I know kind of in a theoretical way that it will be good for me, but also because I feel I'm craving it, like as if my body and my soul have been missing it. Very recently, when I came back from my holiday, I went on my first morning walk in the park and I was listening to a podcast and I was like, wow, I haven't done this in such a long time and it feels so, so good. Like, I really missed it. I realized I really, really missed it. And that moment, just for myself, enjoying movement outside, feeling like I'm learning something new, really fed that part in me that needed some me time, that was hungry for growth and curious to keep learning new things, which for two months, I had sort of neglected a bit. And I really think that life works in cycles and it's marked by different seasons. And this break was definitely a necessary season for me to to strengthen some of my relationships, to reconnect with people I love, um, to have some time and space to think about what I really want to do in the next step of my career. And I'm glad and really grateful that I let myself dive into it fully. But it also taught me how much I value and appreciate my moments of solitude, progress, of focusing on growth, focusing in my personal projects, checking in with myself, and working through challenges. So that's just a little personal reflection slash rant, I guess, on the need for balance in my life, which I think you can probably also relate to. So, that said, right, like acknowledging that it is okay to be out of balance every now and then, but that it's also important to find our way back for our well being and long term happiness. How do we rebalance our life? How do we do that? I think the very first question you need to ask yourself when you feel your life is out of balance is towards which side is the scale tilting. Like, are you in a stage of overindulgence and pleasure, or are you in a restrictive phase of responsibility overwhelm and burnout? Let's first talk about this last one. Let's say that you're in a stage where you're feeling burnt out, you're biting off more than you can chew, and you're prioritizing your responsibilities and have-to-dos over your want-to-dos. So this is probably going to lead to you feeling as if you're drained out with low energy, perhaps anxious or irritable on a regular basis, perhaps emotionally fragile as well as if you're pouring from an empty cup, prioritizing others over yourself, all that bad stuff. There's many ways in which you can end up stuck in such a situation Sometimes it can happen really gradually without you even knowing how you've gotten to that self-neglect point. It could maybe be due to an an unavoidable situation in which you have to take care of a friend or family member who's in a delicate situation, for example, or it can be because you feel you need to prove yourself to someone or prove yourself at work and so on, but I'd say most of the times, we end up tilting the scale in this direction, so more towards burnout and anxiety and responsibility overwhelm, because of the pressure we exert on ourselves. It's that internal pressure to overperform, to serve others' needs, to prove ourselves, to be validated, to try to be perfect, to exceed expectations that gets us into that imbalance point most of the times without us even realizing it. The good news is that the same way we do this to ourselves, we also have the power to re-regulate this internally and rebalance. So in this case, I think there's three important things to look into in order to rebalance out of the situation. So first of all, slowing down. If you're feeling out of balance is because your mind and body are not keeping up with the pace and the weight of your current lifestyle so slow down commit to allocating a certain time of the day to find stillness to pause to have a breather remember that whatever you come up with it shouldn't have any sort of goal or outcome attached to it other than just being it can be anything from going out for a little walk around the block To simply sitting in the park with a good read, looking at the clouds, or finding a coloring book to fill in, whatever. I don't know. It can be anything. But if you're now thinking um, that these quote unquote unproductive activities sound stupid or pointless, then I think you should reevaluate whether you really want to retrieve the balance you've lost. Because if you really want to shift the scale and start feeling better, You need to put your excuses aside and your attachment to whatever thing you're prioritizing before yourself and make the time to slow down. You need to make the time. So the problem is that many times we make excuses about why it is absolutely impossible to make time in our agendas for these sort of activities. But what we're really failing to see or to accept is that we're simply placing other people's needs before our own. So here's when number two comes in, which is creating boundaries. Setting boundaries and saying no to people is super freaking hard. I've always struggled with this, and maybe it's something that a lot of you can relate to, but it's also super freaking important when it comes to having the right balance in your life. So time to stop saying yes Every time that someone wants to go out, spend money, or use up your energy and your time. Especially when you're just not feeling like it. When you start to believe that you have the right to say no, you'll begin to feel less guilty for it. And finally start retrieving back all that time and energy that you were misplacing and that you were so easily giving away. And lastly, better prioritizing. One of the reasons it's so difficult to say no to things and to people is because we don't have our priorities in order. Our own well-being, our peace, our health, our happiness, our goals, and so on end up quite low in the priority list whilst other people's wishes and wants come first. Another reason why we can also end up out of balance is because we mistakenly believe that absolutely everything is a priority So, like, nothing in our to-do list should be left undone. And I used to be so guilty of this myself, but now I understand that that's actually totally contradictory with the concept of prioritizing to begin with. Because prioritizing means that not everything is equally important, and therefore you can allow yourself to focus your limited resources in the few most important things. Nevertheless, not gonna lie, I still find prioritizing incredibly challenging because I hate having to let go of things and saying no. I just find it really hard. So if you also have the same problem, here's a few questions that you can ask yourself, which sometimes help me prioritize whenever I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. First of all, ask yourself, what is the one task that really can't wait for tomorrow? Ask yourself what is the most important thing for your mental and physical state today. Also, ask yourself which is the one task that needs your presence and dedication the most and try to put it up early on your schedule because that is usually when we have a full energy tank. Also, ask yourself if any of the tasks affect someone else. If they don't, you can probably delay or push them back. And lastly, try to identify if there's any task that will take a minimum amount of effort to complete while also removing a significant amount of stress. So, hopefully, those few tips can help you rebalance next time that you get stuck in that state of overwhelm and burnout. All in all, what it comes down to is to remember to slow down set better boundaries and reorganize or reevaluate your priorities now on the flip side we have the imbalance that comes with being in a stage of overindulgence and pleasure which i think it's a bit of where i've been the past 2 months i don't think it's been particularly bad in fact i think it was mostly positive and needed and planned And I gained a lot of things from taking this break, but it did take a slight toll in my health and it would probably not work for me in the long run or even for more than two months. Like if I had gone on this type of lifestyle, I think for more than two months, I would have really needed to introduce some elements to add balance into my life because I felt I was starting to, I was beginning to tilt the scale a little bit too much towards um, just overindulgence, let's say. I think the two things that I missed the most in terms of balance these past two months were first of all, a little bit more of measure when it comes to food and healthy habits. If you know me, you know I love food and eating out. I love it. And while traveling, I found myself most of the time eating just because I wanted the foodie experience or to try new food rather than because I was actually hungry. And I overate so, so many times. And I don't think I got the right balance of like veggies, fruits, and movement that my body needs. So that, in combination with the awful heat this summer, just had me struggling a little bit health-wise. And then secondly, maybe this one was not so obvious at the time, but I really identify it looking back, and it's the lack of me time, of having some moments of solitude to myself, to check in, to reflect, to just thank and acknowledge everything that I was living through. I felt I was constantly surrounded by people and socializing and going from one activity to the next, which again was super fun. And I don't regret it for a second, but I do feel that introducing some me time in there, some journaling even, um, it would have helped me be more present and learn new things about myself in each of those experiences, and maybe even feel more recharged. At the same time, this two-month break also showed me the importance of giving ourselves the goal to have fun. We sometimes forget that. I think... You know, we think that productivity is only tied down to work, to output, gains, progress. But productivity is also doing things that are good for your soul and give you joy and put you in a positive state of mind. And this summer, I really went back to playing cards and ball and board games and making bracelets and necklaces, doing so many things just for fun. And I've strongly reconnected with my playful side, and that has helped me remember how important the power of play is, and how I should remind myself more not to take my work or my duties or even myself so seriously. Like, it's still important to care and to try our best, always. But let's not forget to also nurture this playful child or part within us, because I think keeping it awake and alive is a fundamental part of staying in balance as well. So if you also feel like you've reached a point of imbalance from overindulging and leaning on short-term pleasure, like you've been in that state for a long time, here's the one thing that you need to get back on track. Can you guess what it is? It's discipline. And I know, I know discipline doesn't sound very exciting, But discipline is also a form of self-love, and an important one at that. The reason why so many people struggle with discipline is because it's hard. It entails friction, discomfort, and a great deal of self-motivation. And we are wired for comfort. We are wired to try to hold on to anything that feels safe and comfortable. But there's no growth or progress or even fulfillment, I would say, in an easy and challenges life. Sometimes we need to remember the value of delaying immediate pleasure or dealing with a certain degree of discomfort in order to see a greater benefit in the future. And really, at the end of the day, what discipline comes down to is just habit consistency, which for me translates directly into routine. So How I see it is that to achieve discipline, you need consistency and consistency needs a routine, like the routine will help you achieve the consistency. So discipline also entails to work on your inner willpower and strength to sometimes say no to all those immediate pleasures that are holding you back from regaining that balance that you're looking for. And for me, I find it way easier to say no to those things when I've got a healthier, better choice agenda of my own. Like, I have an alternative ready and planned beforehand. I think that really helps. One that's gonna get me closer to achieving that state of balance that I'm looking for. So what I mean is that it's easier to say yes to getting takeaway or to eating junk food if I don't have any meals prepped at home, for example. Or it's easier to say yes to going out drinking and spending money on alcohol if I don't have any other alternative plan in mind that will help me regain that balance. Or it's also easier, for example, to sleep in and be lazy all morning if I don't have any exciting goals set up for myself and a certain routine in the morning. So for me, I find that the best way to gain strength, to say no to those immediate pleasures that we've been overindulging on, is having an attractive and easily accessible routine that's healthier and nourishes the balance and behaviors that I want to get back into. And for me, one of the most important things that marks a more structured and balanced life and helps me get back on track is my morning routine. And do not get me wrong, I've never been a morning person. In the past, I used to be more like a morning zombie, the snoozing queen. I would set up like up to seven different alarms and snooze through all of them. Like, I would hate when people would try to make conversation with me in the mornings. I would have breakfast with my eyes half shut or looking into the nothingness Um, I would just move incredibly slowly and almost always be late. Um, And then some people are born with the beautiful gift of feeling fresh as a lettuce as soon as they wake up in the morning, but unfortunately, that's not me. However, I've now managed to stick to a one-hour morning routine pretty consistently, and I can say that I really love dedicating this time to myself in the mornings and that it positively impacts the mood, the attitude, and the headspace with which I approach the rest of the day. Like, I feel it really allows me to be way more intentional with my day, and it gives me the necessary space to decide how I want to approach each day instead of jumping straight into it, stressed, overwhelmed, and an autopilot. So if you also feel like you could benefit from the balance and structure that a morning routine can bring into your day, but like me you are not a morning person at all and you're a bit tired of all of these unattainable morning routines I want to share with you a few tips that have helped me make this transition and which I am now putting in practice again in order to get back on track after my break I find these five morning routine rituals that I'm going to share with you fairly flexible and easy to implement within an hour so, I'm not here to tell you exactly what to do or what not to do during your morning routine because I don't think morning routines are uh, one size fits all. We all lead different lives at completely different rhythms and have different inner machinery going on. Um, so, instead, I'm going to give you five important pillars that you can fill in with whatever activities align best with your preferences, energy levels, and the results that you're trying to achieve. In fact, um, probably if I have any advice that I want you to really take from this, um, is that when it comes to designing your morning routine, uh, you highly personalize it to your liking and make it your own. That is the most important advice I have to give you when it comes to morning routines. Make it your own and personalize it to something that will feel attractive for you and that you will be excited to do in the morning. And that goes for any habit or new behavior that you're trying to build, by the way. Focusing on what's fun and enjoyable in that process because you want to keep coming back to it. Okay, so this said, let's get into it. First things first, when it comes to building new habits and making behavioral changes, removing friction is super important making things as easy as they can be. So this means your morning routine starts the night before. And I know you've probably heard this a billion times, but that's because it's true. The night before should serve as a little moment to set the stage for the next day. And I call this the space ritual. And it's the very first ritual from the five morning routine rituals I'm going to be sharing with you. But basically, the space ritual consists in removing friction. So setting up cues and triggers for your brain and making the space in which you will be performing your morning rituals somewhere inspiring, nice, and orderly. It's an important part of the routine building process because it will really help you make your routine attractive. Preparing all the items you need for your morning ritual, like whatever clothes you need, water, journal, your yoga mat, whatever, and leaving them really, like, accessible will help remove friction in the morning. And not just that, but also setting them up the night before can serve as a reminder for your brain that they'll be waiting for you the next morning. Like, it subconsciously strengthens your connection and commitment to them. This way, when you wake up, you won't have to search for things or even think. You'll just gravitate towards them more naturally and get on with your first morning ritual straight away. Another thing you can do as part of your space ritual is to do little things, you know, little stupid things, but why not? Such as lighting up scented candles or finding a beautiful and calm spot in the park or placing some pillows and beanbags on your bedroom floor. Basically, you want to create and find spaces that you're excited to wake up to. So make sure the spaces you choose for your morning rituals nurture the feelings and version of yourself that you'd like to step into every morning. Because think about this, like waking up to an incredibly messy room or reading in a smelly kitchen or trying to meditate with traffic noise in the background, for example, won't help you to stick through with your morning routine in the long run. If you don't make things easy and attractive to begin with, it will be very hard to stick to any routine at all. So that's the first step right there, to set the stage the night before. Next up is the movement ritual, that's the first thing as soon as I wake up. I put on the shoes and clothes I prepared the night before, grab my keys and get moving. I find gentle movement to be one of the best ways to slowly start my engines and get warmed up for the day. I personally love, love, love going for a walk first thing in the morning. With every step, my brain gets a little less foggy and I can feel my body's aches and pains fade away because I wake up with incredible (laughs) back pain and I like to finish it off with a 10-minute morning yoga flow at home. However, walking or yoga might not be your cup of tea and that's okay. They don't need to make it into your morning routine because remember that we're trying to build a flexible and personalized morning routine that you should actually be excited about. So what gets you excited? Like think about this, whether it's walking, stretching, biking, I don't know, going for a short run or having a little energy boosting dance session in your room that also counts but make sure you allocate some time to check in with your body in the morning and do something some sort of gentle movement that it will thank you for i really think that when we include gentle movement at the start of our day we help combat physical inactivity and also help release feel-good hormones and boost our mood So fresh air, a raised heart rate, and getting your blood pumping will set you up for a top-notch day. Another key thing to include in your morning if you're looking to rebalance is a silence ritual. If there's something I really appreciate about having transitioned from the snoozing queen to someone with a consistent morning routine, is those little moments of quiet and calm that I've gained for myself. Because once we clock in and dive into our morning to dos, the meetings, the tasks, the day begins to fill up with more noise and clutter, and it gets harder to be mindful of the present moment. And our brains, I feel they're just like intermittently jumping from the future to the past, and that generates different levels of stress and anxiety. On the contrary, like right after waking up when we wake up our brain is still like a white canvas so that's why I feel mornings are the perfect time to practice presence and learn to enjoy all the benefits that sitting in silence has to offer it's like in those early moments of the day when it feels as if the rest of the world is still asleep when you have time to connect with yourself and reflect with a clear headspace. And don't worry, this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to include textbook meditation in your morning routine checklist. Um, Something as simple as finding a nice spot to sit in the park and simply observe the sounds of nature and your surroundings will do. Although, actually, that is, in fact, a way of meditation. Sitting in silence and simply observing. Meditation doesn't have to look like sitting cross-legged and reciting mantras. It's about creating a moment in your morning routine to stop thinking about what was or what will be and simply direct your attention toward what is. And sometimes it's really just as simple as observing the sounds around you the things that you can see or that you can feel things like the flow of your breath um sometimes i just really like look at the ducks in the park like it's not really doesn't have to be this big event thing where you're meditating it's just focusing on sitting in stillness and trying to be present in the moment it's been proven that sitting in silence has many great health benefits like reducing stress and anxiety or even boosting creativity and clarity but for me personally i find it especially valuable as a practice for my brain like as a way to train it on how to consciously direct its attention and awareness here and there and i found that these five to ten minutes that i dedicate to being still and tuning in with my mind and body have been a game changer in terms of helping me start the day in a calm centered state. Next up comes what is probably my favorite part of my one hour morning routine, which is the brain dump ritual. And this is where I sit down with a journal and a coffee and basically check in with myself. And it's just such a little precious moment for myself in the morning. And by this time, I've already been outside, enjoyed a little bit of fresh air, sat in silence, stretched out my body and shaken off all of that morning doziness. And the aftermath is usually a clearer head and a heightened sense of gratitude. Like most of the times when I'm sitting there writing in my journal, most of the things that I can think of are all of the things I feel so lucky for and so grateful for. And so I just sit there in the balcony or on the couch right by the window when it's a bit chilly outside and start scribbling on my journal, whatever comes up in my head, whichever thoughts, ideas, gratitudes, feelings, whatever is present, both good and bad without any filters. And I find that that is a very good way to find out where my head's at that specific morning, like how I'm feeling, where my energy levels are at if I'm in a weird funk or a bit anxious, or if on the contrary, I'm feeling particularly driven and motivated or inspired. I find that this moment of solitude provides the perfect opportunity for reflection, stillness, and it gives me time to look inwards before entering the chaos of the day. If you're a bit of an overthinker or a bit of an anxious person or someone who tends to like go on internal spirals. This simple brain dump exercise every morning can help you get rid of any mind clutter and it will help you nurture better ideas. But most importantly, it can help uncover valuable information about yourself and heighten your sense of self-awareness. So that's on the brain dump ritual, really one of my favorite little moments of my morning routine. And then lastly, I like to include a growth ritual, something that will give me a feeling of progress and help wake up my brain with useful and engaging information from the very start. I think including things like learning and self-development in your morning routine can really nourish the feeling of achieving a productive start, and so that can serve as motivational fuel for the rest of your day. And the opposite is also true. Like if your morning starts with you scrolling endlessly on your phone and you're just there laying in bed and delaying the start of your day, you might give your brain the impression that not much is going to be accomplished on that day. So all in all, make sure that you're sending your brain the right signals by accomplishing small progress tasks from the very beginning and engaging in activities that support a growth mindset. And there are many ways you can make learning fun and enjoyable as well, like listening to podcasts during your morning walk or reading a book in silence, taking off a module of an online course or Duolingo or whichever skills you're trying to work on. I really think that being curious and leaning into that curiosity and learning new skills, expanding our knowledge is how we develop and we improve at anything in our careers, in our personal relationships, in our physical health, and even in emotional resilience. So those are the five key ingredients that I really like to include at the beginning of my day as a general routine. Space, gentle movement, silence, brain dump, and growth. Working on myself every single morning and achieving that a little feeling of progress, even if it's with tiny, small actions like these ones, really helps boost my mood and self confidence and reinforces the belief that yes, I'm capable of growing, of improving, of learning, and achieving the things that I put my mind into. However, you might feel that fitting all these five things is a bit too overwhelming for you, or you don't think you can make time for an extra full hour before you start your job or you don't trust that you'll be able to commit and follow along a full-on routine like this then this is what i suggest tomorrow morning make just one change just one small change pick one thing out of your usual routine that's going to be just for you just one of these five rituals think about it as a gift for yourself. Go to the park and sit in stillness, or lay in bed just bringing the attention to your breath, or just journal, or do a 10-minute stretch. It can be the smallest, simplest thing, but committing to doing something for yourself every single morning can end up becoming a revolutionary shift in your life and help keep the scale at balance. Just make very incremental changes and see what sticks best. And I can almost assure you, you won't come out thinking, oh well, that was a waste of time. (laughs) In fact, after almost two years of consistently sticking to this one hour morning routine, I can confidently say I love dedicating time to myself in the mornings and it really helps me start each day with more energy, more focus, and more motivation to tackle my goals. I think it's simple, balanced, and productive, and I like how it respects and adapts to my slower morning pace while also progressively helping me wake up and become more energized as I jump from one morning ritual to the next. I guess what I'm trying to say and what I'd like to wrap up this episode with is that for me personally, these two months have been really great to give me a new perspective on the important things in my life and they've given me a new and I think healthier way to look at productivity to also see a productive side to pleasure and joy and play but at the same time they've also made me realize what an important role personal growth and dedicating time to myself and having structure and routines play in my overall well-being and happiness they're both essential to bring balance into my life And so the main and major learning for me is that one doesn't make sense without the other. I get to truly enjoy each of those two sides because I can flip onto the other one and interchange them. I hope that tuning in today inspired you to think of ways in which you can achieve greater balance in your life and helped you identify the areas in which your scale might have tilted way too much to one side or the other. And that was all I have to say on taking breaks, learning how to rebalance our life, and getting back on track. If you like this episode and enjoy listening to The Growth Lab, please leave a review or share it with a friend. Your support would be gold, and don't forget to subscribe and hope to see you on the next episode.